Around Comics, Episode 56. Chicago, this is Around Comics, a roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the co-host of Around Comics, Brian Salazar. I'm back, baby! I don't know. From our week off. Yeah. I'm rested and ready to offend people. All right. (laughs) Speaking of offending people, the other co-host of Around Comics and the straw that stirs the drink, Mr. Tom Caters. Do you know who I have a problem with? (laughs) Babies? Everyone. (laughs) Babies. Nice, Tom. And our our guest this week is Around Comics regular and the host of Word Balloon, Mr. John Suntress. I am the Pete Best of Around Comics. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, how you doing? I'm I'm good. Who would Thank be you. the Ringo Star then? Because that that presupposes at some point we're going to bring someone else in. Well, yeah, I think I you know this is just a temporary chair. I think. Bend us. Exactly. We're, we're grooming John Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I would I would definitely give up my seat for John Byrne. All right. This episode of Around Comics is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. New from InStockTrades.com, Green Lantern, Revenge of the Green Lanterns, hardcover by Jeff Johns, Carlos Pancheco, Ethan Van Skyver, and Ivan Reyes. The regular price is $19.99, but InStockTrades has it for 35% off at just $12.99. Saves $15 on From Hell, hardcover by Alan Morton, Eddie Campbell. It's 30% off. Ex Machina, Volume 4, March to War, trade paperback by Brian K. Vaughn and Tony Harris. And Punisher Max Volume 6 Barracuda Trade Paperback by Garth Ennis and Goran Parlov. It's also 35% off at only $10.39. Save up to 35% off on all trade paperbacks and hardcovers. And as always, shipping is free on orders of $50 or more. Buy your favorites now at InStockTrades.com. It's not hard to get $50 worth of trades. Oh, very yeah, easy. No very hell no. easy. And actually, uh, I'll be talking about uh, part of my InStockTrades.com order a little bit later in the show. I've been stocking up on essentials and showcases. Teaser. And, all sorts of and, yet, and yet every day I have to buy him lunch. Interesting. Mm, isn't that interesting? I don't know how that works. It's connected. I, I, I just imagine you sort of you and Chris like in an alleyway sharing like half an Italian beef. <laughs> Italian <laughs> Italian beef uh, While we're reading the last Hawaiian dick trade. Yeah, like, oh, I can't believe I spent all this money on that. The other day, he's like, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm going to Portillo's. You want anything? He's like, yeah, give me a double cheeseburger. Here's five bucks. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Yeah, five bucks. What's the two bucks for the <laughs> burger? Exactly. Hey, look yeah. at the new absolute uh, hush that I just got. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Look at this. <laughs> I bought two copies. One will remain shrink wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Around Comics <laughs> is recorded every Friday at seven o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at forty-eight thirty-five Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. When you're here, remember to ask about Dark Tower's Pole West membership. It's one of the best you'll find anywhere. Dark Tower has a great selection of mainstream comics, independent comics, and trades, as well as statues and action figures. Come to Dark Tower for all of your comics and collectible needs. And as a footnote, congratulations to Mark Beatty, the new owner of Dark Tower Comics. Yay! Congratulations! That's right. Most okay. small businesses fail after <laughs> the first, the within the first year. I think it's like sixty-five percent. Oh, there you go. Not wow. this one. Not this not one. Not this one. We'll keep it no, alive. We, we are. We Just are Chris really alone. happy. Not with yeah. Chris. Chris <laughs> buying statues and saying they're for me. Every time. Every time I walk in, there's always several trades that I wish I had a little more money and could uh-huh. walk out with. I kept the store alive with Hero Clicks purchases for about a year and a half. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we have. 
a new format. You are listening to the new Around Comics. The first Absolute new reboot. Shiny. It's a reboot. My chair is padded, so it must be this. This is Crisis Around Comics. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> no, more, no, no more Around Comics 2. Yeah. If you are a longtime listener of Around Comics, starting with this episode, you'll notice a significant change in our format. Instead of releasing one large episode on Monday, we'll now be offering two shorter, easier-to-digest episodes a week. On Mondays, you'll be getting all the previous week's top news stories and Wired Wire Comics news, as well as our usual top-of-the-stack reviews and recommendations. That and a few surprises sprinkled in there as well. Spinkered in? Spinkered in. (laughs) Starting this Thursday, each week you'll have a second episode that will either be our normal topic discussion, a Comics 101 segment, or an interview. The listeners have spoken, and we have listened. We hope that the change in the format lot, makes this a better listening experience for everyone. I was Burt Wheeler. <laughs> I was uh, Darth Vader 78. <laughs> I'm, uh, I wrote all the reviews. Fan of Miss Simone. I figured that was a nice sounding Well, comment. as always, we want you to Username. we want to know what you think, so <laughs> send us your thoughts at info at aroundcomics.com. And I think it's gonna be our uh, our hope to keep all of our episodes at right around an hour. So we hope everyone enjoys the change in format. We want you to like us. Please. Are we starting over with episode one then? Is this a reboot or post crisis? Po- <laughs> How are we gonna fit the old episodes in the continuity of of these new episodes. Hyper time, baby. Hyper time. We're in hyper zero, time. Zero it's hour. It's all hyper time. We'll blame it on Chuck Austin. I love Chuck. Don't do that. The first, the first fifty-five issues are all Chuck Austin's fault. All right, guys. Um, the October November contest, the Exterminators Bug Hunt. It's over. It's Someone all won. over. It's yes, over. Uh, Tom, why don't you handle this? Uh, the first place winner. It happens to be someone from the United Kingdom. Mr. Warren Alger. So you know it's not right because that's going to be such a pain in the uh, ass to nail those. So here's the thing, (laughs) or Alger, we're going to hold that until you come to Chicago to pick it up. No, (laughs) I'll send it to you. And and what did Warren win? for? uh, Uh, Warren won uh, a signed copy of the First Exterminators Collect Edition Bug Brothers, as well as a signed script from author Simon Oliver and a -a one-of-a-kind sketch from series artist Tony Moore. Very cool. Uh, The second place winner uh, is Christopher Whitfield, Mm-hmm. Who we don't have a location, but I assume we will get it to you. And you will receive a signed copy of Bug Brothers. Uh, everyone else, you read a really good book, and yep. you should be happy with that. And don't and, complain. And thank you for entering. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, thank I, you. I was, I, I was <laughs> not just overwhelmed by the number of people that entered this, but the fact that every single entry was correct. And believe me, it took me like a minute and a half to check each one of them. Yeah. I, I spent... A couple lunch just, hours I, at work. I, I, I want to go on the record as saying right now I think it was rigged because I entered 14 times yeah. <laughs> under various names. And uh, any of you guys who... Um, Miss Simone who fan. All you guys who entered it but um, didn't win. And I'm especially interested in people who entered it who never read Exterminators before, if there's any of you. You know, come on the forum and uh, tell us what you thought of Exterminators. Yeah, if you or, didn't like it, tell us. Or I mean, email us at info yeah. around comics.com. We'd tell us love if you didn't to know. Like it, you know? Sure. Of course, if you badmouth it, Tony Moore may have to beat you over the yeah, head with his prosthetic leg. But I'm interested to see you know, what you guys thought. <laughs> All right, guys. One of the things that we have going on in the forum, I'm going to mention it this week because we're kicking off December, and that starts our year of Alan Moore. Yep. Bum, bum, I already bum. started. I started so last I. night. You had your first Skype Skype no, uh, conference? Um, no, I started reading my old uh, Swamp Thing issues to I, catch up. Yep. Yeah, how are you handling and it says Swamp Thing that that's what you're reading. Is it the, how many trades? Any yeah, it's, it, it's kind of loosely, you know, whatever you feel <laughs> okay. comfortable. I mean, if you so only want to read the first trade or whatever you, you whatever you want to read, okay. we're going to talk and, about uh, it. And you know. sort of my, how I would like to do it is, for me, I think it would be cool if People who listen to the podcast who want to do this, who don't come to the forum, come to the forum, and if you don't use Skype, maybe sign up for Skype, and it, I think it would be great if people sort of divided them, got together in, like, groups of four or five, or mm-hmm. somehow figured it out, because we could do a Skype cast with, like, 24 people, but I don't think that would be as interesting as having four people talk about mm-hmm. it, because it, everyone talks over each other, so... I think it would be great if you listen to this and you want to participate, come to the forum and let us know 
Yeah, and get, get get into a Thanks Skype group yeah. and and talk. That's what we want to do. Uh, for th- this this all came about because I'm woefully behind on my reading of Alan Moore. <laughs> you bring the mustard, and we got the ketchup. You got it. And one of our listeners <laughs> proposed the <laughs> idea of an of an Alan Moore book club, and that's what this is. So I'm gonna run it down real quick. December is Swamp Thing. Read as much Swamp Thing as you want yeah. or as you can, and we'll be talking about it all throughout the month of December. And I'll just go up to March right now. Um, January is Watchmen and the Complete Ballad of Halo Jones. February will be V for Vendetta and Skiz. I hear that Skiz and Halo Jones can can work yeah. really well together back to back. And uh, and then March is going to be dedicated to From Hell, which there's the new hardcover, which you heard at the beginning. In stock trades, you get it. You can get it for uh, 35 bucks. Soft cover, isn't it? No, 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 no. There's a new hardcover. There's a new soft cover, but there's a brand new hardcover for <coughs> 35 bucks from Top Shelf. Uh, I believe so. I yes, love Top Shelf. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. bought the soft cover. So that that'll take you up through March, and then we're gonna have all. You can go to the forum, look at the thread. Yeah, it's okay. a, it's a sticky on the on the on the forum. So we're gonna be reading a lot of Alan Moore this year. So have fun with that. Uh, which leads me into uh, not just InStockTrades.com, but ShoppingAroundComics.com. Shopping around comics, you can buy all your Alan Moore books. Uh, we have an actual section in the Amazon store that is, has all these books and others uh, separated. I believe I've got them pretty much Roughly chronologically. chronologically. Yeah, and so you can go in there, and if you're going to order the trades and stuff, go in there and order them from our and shop. And if you if you have something you want to buy that isn't necessarily in the shop, let us know. Yeah. We can put it in there. Absolutely. So if you're getting some Alan Moore stuff and you want to pick something else up, you know, we can add it in there. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just send us an email or post it on the forum, whatever. And speaking of the website, Sal, you uh, debuted the the new around. I launched. Comics. I launched, launched the, the new, new website today. Yes, yes, to coincide with the good, new man. around comics. I, I, I watched it today. I saw it. It looked I, very I nice. I thought it turned Fast. out. I thought it. Yeah. It, well, that was one of the things I really want to work on because the the initial uh, site I had sort of cobbled together. I built the templates for it and through a different bunch of different things, trying to put it together and. And while it, it worked, it was the chitty chitty bang bang. Yeah, it, it did everything I wanted it to do, but it, it, it didn't work real well. So uh, I went back and and worked with a really highly optimized uh, template this time, and and uh, yeah, it should work. It looks really good. It works really, really fast. Great job. So that, that's all, Sal. So very good. Kudos to you, sir. All right, that'll take care of our uh, opening announcements here. And uh, instead of our regular topic discussion, I'm gonna have to get used to this. It's time for Wired Wire Comic News. <laughs> And Wired Wire Comic News is sponsored by the New York Comic Con. The New York Comic Con is bigger, better, and has double the space with more gaming and anime for 2007. Come to the Jacob Javits Center February 23rd through 25th and experience the biggest pop culture event in New York City featuring comics, anime, manga or manga, graphic novels, video games, trading card games, RPG, MMOs, toys, movies, TV, celebrities, and more. Guests of honor include Stan Lee, Jeff Smith, J. Michael Straczynski, and George Perez, with many more to be announced. For a complete list of guests, as well as show and advance ticket information, visit www.nycomiccon.com. Don't miss on the 2007 New York Comic Con. We'll be there. Yes. It's going to be a great time. Yes. Getting closer. We've got to get our point together. You, can, you our can buy Chris's sandwich. Together. <laughs> yeah, instead of me having to do it, somebody else can buy Chris's. Ten dollars for a chicken salad sandwich? <laughs> Not me. Not me. It's five dollars. All right, another change to the news. We're going to be doing live reads, so I guess I will start us off with our first news story, and that is <laughs> The Last fun. Christmas is in the Amazon Top Ten. Tis the season for Holly Jolly and Top Ten lists, and The Last Christmas serves all of them up right. The hit graphic novel by Brian Potion, Gerard Dugan, and Rick Remender has been named to Amazon's Top Ten list of editors' picks for 2006 Best Comics and Graphic Novels. On that list, they are joined by comic book legends like Tony Millionaire and Alan Moore. With covers by Jeff Darrow, Karen Dwyer, and Tony Moore, and topped off by an introduction by comedian Patton Oswalt. Now, the last Christmas trade paperback is done rocking the editors at Amazon.com. It's headed your way. Look for it in stores November 29th, which was, was last week, and it's right up there on the shelf. There it it's is. It's a really fun story. He was I on, really enjoyed uh, it. He was on uh, po- po- is it Brian Posehn. Posehn? Brian Posehn. Yeah. Posehn. He, was, yeah. he was on uh, Conan yeah, yeah. the other night, pushing it pretty good. I thought that was I cool. love it. Love it. It's a really, really funny story. Yeah. If you want to see 
Santa Claus killing, uh, shoving the butt of a gun through a zombie's head. <laughs> this is your book. And who doesn't want really to see that? that and Tim Seeley's uh, Jesus Against Vampires books. Loaded are like, Bible. And loaded yeah, Loaded Bible yeah. and Last Christmas is like my kind of comic book Christmas. Really funny. If you yeah. want to get some really good Han Solo, Tauntaun, stuffing <laughs> Luke inside of it jokes, it, this is I, one of the Battle best. Pole probably fits in that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, why not? I like that. That's your, really that's your holy comic trill, trill, uh, trinity right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 loaded you know loaded Bible, Battle Pope, and Last Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mom. And Jesus. If you know someone who likes, it's a perfect Christmas gift for someone who has a fantastic sense of Yeah. Who In a good might, way. might be someone who is unemployed or might have been some time in jail. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Someone who's right. twisted a bit. Someone. Look what I got for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> our next story is... is uh, you have to stop laughing now. The next story is a sad one. Uh, Dave Cochran. Uh, passed away uh, this last week. Uh, legendary comic book artist Dave Cochran passed away Sunday, November 25th, due to complications from diabetes. He was 63. Dave's many creations, including some of the X-Men's staple characters, brought tremendous joy to his legion of fans. For three decades, he was a beloved fixture at comic conventions across the country, where he would sketch for a pittance and encourage would-be creators. And farewell to a legend in the industry who, I think, and we've talked about this a bunch of times, Chris, that, that I don't know if Dave always got the the due that he maybe deserved um, from from X Men's you know especially he he uh, was he came he was at the tail end I think of the era when creators weren't really getting paid probably what they were worth or, or certainly um, yeah. at the well, point where it, he didn't get to see you know a lot of royalties even though I think that Marvel did um, did try and and make up for some of that uh, later on well, after after he I had I mean uh, stuff like X Men you know Nightcrawler doesn't exist except for Dave Cochran. Well, right. you look at Legion of Superheroes. Uh, thank you. Those Thanks, characters, man. those characters are not designed the way they are. If Dave Cochran doesn't have his influence, no, he can't. Yeah. He really brought the Legion to the next level, and then did the same thing with the X Men. Yeah. And you, you can't deny him his place uh, in the Bronze Age for for doing some very important things for both companies, for, for the two, top two companies. Yeah, yeah. the the reboot of X Men, you know, starting with giant size. Uh, that is, I mean, that's it's Dave Cochran. Chris Claremont, it's and those guys are are linked to those characters, you know, even before Burn and yeah. and then you know. Well, don't forget too, obviously. Oh, Wynn sure. sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah, I think you're right, and I. That's think why we have you around, John. Oh, no, is, the, is the cast. No, no, stuff no. Like but that. no, and it's funny because I thought it was a play on words when you said uh, that he brought joy to his legion of fans because a lot of the, the Nightcrawler sure. being one of them, a lot of concepts that he had set for We're supposed to be for yeah for the legion. legion. Yeah, he just because he didn't get some <clears> original art back. Uh, Took it, put it, kept it in his pocket, and then when he went to Marvel and said, "Hey, look, new X Men." And you can yeah. actually <laughs> see the, see the, some of the uh, those sketches and stuff in the uh, X Men Omnibus. Omnibus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they show some of that stuff, so which is it, really fascinating. It's sad, and, uh, and definitely the, the the comics world has has lost uh, a giant that really. Uh, form the way that a lot of comic fans look at comics and, and a lot of characters that are, you know, still around today and, and, and still very prominent. But also, take this as an opportunity to enjoy his work. That's <coughs> Absolutely. what they said. He did Absolutely. a tremendous amount of great things. DC announces Minx. The New York Times reported that DC Comics has a new imprint entitled Minx, targeted at female readers who may not be attracted to superheroes or manga, but whom have interest in the medium of comic books. Minx launches in May. It's time we got teenage girls reading comics, said Karen Berger, a senior vice president at DC Comics, told the Times. Lest some fans worry that this simply means more romance comics, Berger asserted that the comics are about more than going out with the cute guy. This line of books gives, some, gives them something to read about that honors their intelligence and assertiveness and their individuality. The announced lineup of books include Clubbing by Andy Watson and Josh Howard, Regifters by Mike Carey, who I love, Mark Hempel and Sonny Liu, Good as Lily by Derek Kirk Kim and Jesse Ham, The Plain Janes by Cecil Castellucci and Jim Rugg. There you go. Andy Watson is awesome too. Yeah. Love oh yeah, Lights. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. He and he even did that Namor uh, series that yeah. was so very briefly with Bill Jemis, and I, I think he's a great writer. I, I love Vertigo. I think this is a great thing. I, I kind of laugh at uh, Karen Berger's quote that it's time to get. Teenage girls reading comics. There are, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's called manga, yeah. and uh, yeah. But I think it's great, and I and I hope. I mean, I, I wish Vertigo well, and I hope this works. <clears throat> they have talented people doing this, and it would be nice to see, you know, uh, 
teenage girls American reading traditional comics. Well, yeah, American comics. Well, American comics. Well, right. Damn right. Damn right. Damn right. You don't need to read them thing, foreign uh, comics. It doesn't say necessarily in the story they just read, but are these... Uh, month to month issues or are they original graphic they're, they're novels? They're OGNs. They're, they're, they're original graphic out, novels. Like, staggered one a month or one every two months. For well, that I don't know as far as the scheduling. I would hope yeah. so and I would yeah. think so. I, I, I know any, uh, any Dead at 17 fans here? Sure. That's Josh Howard. Josh, Josh Howard. Howard absolutely. Yeah. No, you know, it's well, I know one of the things that, and, <coughs> you know, one, I think the only negative that came out of this was that people were complaining that there, you know, in the initial lineup, there aren't any female creators you notice on that. the books. And and that is a little strange, considering you know, especially you would think Gail Simone's well, too busy writing. Yeah, big Gail, books. they got Gail writing. They got real Gail writing a lot of stuff. Gail that's true. That's well, true. And then she's and certainly and not the only person that could write it. But actually, I'm hard pressed. The woman who mm-hmm. writes here currently. I mean, that's the thing. So I would say that while there aren't women writing these women's books, there are a lot of women writing men's books. And well, I think you know, Gail the and thing. Well, I don't know if I'd say there's a lot. Well, but, there's I'm, but, there's more than there. but how do you think you're ever going to get women to write these? It's going to be through stuff like this to get kids, get Reading young and women yeah. interested. In I, hey, I wasn't. I, I'm just saying. No, I, yeah, know, I know. I know a lot of people Criticism. had well, no, sort of criticized that. Yeah, it's just oh, it's no, you. it's you. You're the only one I heard that from. Exactly. No, I... Uh, the proud news rings out from the hallowed halls of the House of Ideas. Marvel Comics, gentlemen, if you enjoy the current Eternals miniseries, they're extending the run with a seventh issue. Yeah. It's set to hit comics in February. Eternals is a reimagining of Jack Kirby's classic saga. It goes from a six-issue limited series to seven by expanding to include a fuller, even more exciting conclusion. Writer Neil Gaiman and artist John Romita Jr. lent their creativity loose and allow the story more room to play out and come to a boil. Editor Nick Lowe, pleased with the reaction of the miniseries, was more than glad to go to, to be able to go to seven issues. When he was wrapping up issue number five, <laughs> Neil decided there was just too much story to be fit into the planned issues. So rather than a squeeze, try to squeeze, we wanted to give the story its proper room, hence the seventh issue. This will be a continuation of the story, he added, and will, it, uh, and will as all last issues should, be an end to the story. That would be Lenny uh, as, um, yeah, as Nick Lowe. Yeah, Lowe was also adamant Cruel to point to out, kind. this is the final, th- the final two issues of the miniseries. The, the Eternals place in the Marvel Universe will be solidified. Um, are we enjoying the Eternals? Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I'm waiting, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the inevitable. I, I too, am uh, waiting for the trade, I have to admit. I... Uh, I read every issue and it's fantastic. That's cool. It's, I mean, no, I just I like reading. I like reading. Oh, I, like I absolutely understand that. I mean, and, it's it looks great. It, 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 yeah, it, the it art's looks gorgeous. Well, well, how about, I how think it's some of Ramita Jr.'s best oh, work. It's, it's that, tight. Yeah. But but how about them realizing that they need to extend this by an issue? Yeah, I, kind well, of interesting. I mean, it's kind of interesting that wow. you would like. In the middle of the story, all of a sudden, go. Whoa! Wait I don't a think it's the first gonna... time that's happened. No, yeah, I don't think it's the first time. But, 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 but a writer have... like Gaiman, that, that you would think he had that thing plotted out pretty tightly, and then all of a sudden he decides. I think they have an advantage. Issue. I don't think anyone's gonna. No one's gonna be pissed. No, you know, I, I don't think so. Thing. Yeah, another issue. Yeah, I mean, no one's gonna be like, oh, I have is to this buy a, another uh, issue. Is this a bimonthly series? Damn it! Or has it become a monthly? I mean, is it? Hey, Mark. Mark, is Eternals coming out monthly, or is that? I think I was okay on time every month. Sure, that's cool. No, I mean that's fine. I mean, but I know there have there been other stories where it's like, yeah, you know, we need another issue. We really need another issue. It's a fun story. It always just strikes me kind of strange from a you know a writing perspective that you would you know at some point all of a sudden decide. Neil Gaiman, answer for yourself. Damn it! Uh What's your problem? (laughs) All right. Uh, According to the Hollywood Reporter, HBO has seen the light and is bringing Preacher to the small screen. The pay cable network is developing a one-hour series based on the popular 1990s Vertigo comic series. Mark Steven Johnson, the writer-director behind comic adaptations Daredevil, and the upcoming Ghost Rider is writing the pilot, while Howard Deutsch, Deutsch. 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 is attached to direct. Preacher, which ran from 1995 to 2000, told the story of a down-and-out Texas preacher possessed by Genesis, a supernatural entity conceived by the unnatural coupling of an angel and a demon. Given immense powers, the preacher teamed with an old girlfriend and a hard-drinking Irish vampire and set out on a journey across America to find God, who apparently had abandoned his duties in heaven, and hold him accountable for his negligence. The series was created by Irish-born writer Garth Ennis and British artist Steve Dillon, who will serve as co-executive producers. And I just want to say that I know people have, have you know, this is rumor of this has come out a few times over the last few years. And Garth Ennis has always said, oh, no, no, it's, you know, just rumor, whatever. But uh, Warren Ellis on his board today or yesterday had confirmed that he had talked to 
Garth Ennis and, and, and Garth had confirmed it, that it is going to happen. So I'm I, I think I, for that You know what I'm happy about out of that entire press release? What? That you are able to say the word Ennis and, and yeah, not... I can learn. <laughs> I, too, can learn. <laughs> I, too, can learn. I, too. You, too. Uh, no, it's great. I, you great know, for, for Preacher Fan, I, I think it's, a, it's sort of a double-edged sword in this one. In, in one sense, I think it's great that it's going to be an HBO series because... You know, if well, you try to do it in that story, if, yeah, you couldn't do it anywhere else. Ain't gonna be on ABC. Yeah, yeah. But the guy who did Daredevil and Ghost Rider, mm, wait and see. I guess well, well, we'll see. We'll have to you see know, how it, I'm the I, first I'd much rather we have the guy who sucks. wrote Deadwood no. <laughs> doing it. But, but you well, know. I understand that. But it is, and I'll, I, I wonder if it's the same production company that did uh, Carnival. Kind of that would be so oh, because yeah. because that maybe, maybe, that yeah, is like yeah, that's yeah. the look. Sure, why wasn't sure, why yeah. wasn't that a Vertigo series? By the way, Carnival I mean, yeah. Carnival was was Vertigo without it actually being yeah. Vertigo. But as far as its sensibilities, and that's why I am encouraged that HBO is yeah. doing this. And it's funny because I thought of all the Vertigo books that were being fast tracked for TV, I thought Fables was going to uh, beat it because I know there are some very big guns that yeah. are, are yeah. But I think develop, I think uh, Fables would be. You know, an ongoing network. You could do that network. <coughs> you could, but I, but apparently, you know, I know that there's been a lot of television talk, and I was surprised at HBO because then HBO could even take it a step further and really give you favors yeah. the way that yeah, you really could. When are we going to get exterminators? Okay. Maybe <laughs> next. Yeah. Well, so, so we do, so we do a <laughs> casting call right here for for preacher for who, preacher. Yeah, who who plays who Jesse? Plays Jesse? God, I don't know. Yeah, I could. Um, I'd want an unknown to play Jesse. I certainly wouldn't want anybody that's known. Uh, HBO does such a good job. Cast? Actually. I was going to say for Jesse, you could a guy that I don't think he would do TV, but two words. I don't know Skate why. Ulrich. Yeah, no. Two I, words. I was thinking Jude Law for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why? Yeah. He's I, got well. He's kind of got the look. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm tired of Jude Law doing the fake American Southern accent. <laughs> well, yeah. TV though, I got to be honest. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do I'm mean? not good at that kind of casting thing because I can't remember. Yeah, think well, of any okay, per- perfect, perfect thread for the forum. We'll, there we'll, you go. We'll cast preacher. Cast it, gentlemen uh, it's, and ladies. Yeah. Who plays Hair Strucker? It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> uh, the, dude the dude who's doing um, uh, Lex Luthor and Michael Rosenbaum. Small bill. Wait, Michael Rosenbaum. Because he's bald. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, is it Strucker? Did I? No. But he might not be really not bald. Baron Strucker. No, it's, no, uh, Herr, uh, Baron Strucker. Uh, Baron von Strucker. No, it's uh, Herr Baron whatever Zeno? his name is. I don't know. I've been I've been reading uh, Baron Zemo. Yeah, I can't reading, remember his name. Reading towards Captain America. In preacher. Yeah, Herr. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't whatever his name. Sorry. The bald dude whose head looks like a dick. I'm hip. All right. Wizard Entertainment announced several staffing changes, including the addition of several new hires to the publishing and Wizard World tour divisions. Additionally, Wizard announced that editor-in-chief Pat McCollum and uh, and Wizard Entertainment have parted ways. They fired his ass. Yeah, they let him go. In an effort to grow the company and evolve, and evolve with our customers, Wizard has made a number of aggressive changes over the past nine months, said Fred Pierce, president and COO of cool. Wizard Entertainment. We have had a record year for both the publishing division and the Wizard World Tours, and these staffing changes will ensure even greater success that's, that's in odd. 2007. You had record-setting years, so let's <laughs> fire the guy who yeah. was in charge. Hey, things are going great. You're fired. Uh, throughout 2006, Wizard Leadership has been making moves to strengthen the company. In March, a toy industry veteran, Jim Silver, joined the company as publisher, while Wizard's own Rob Felton was promoted to vice president and associate publisher in September. Wizard introduced a new format for its flagship publication, Wizard Magazine, growing it from comic book size to conventional magazine size. <laughs> the biggest issue of Wizard ever. <laughs> <laughs> in October, the recently relaunched Wizard University com welcomed a record 2 million visitors. Additionally, the annual Wizard World Tour closed its 10th year in November with record-setting attendance and continuously expanding variety of exhibitors. Everything's fine. Adding <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pay no attention to the changes all as Everything's well. Everything's fine. Back to work. We're fine. We Look, just fired everybody. Don't <laughs> worry. You know, I was at, I used to work at Sporting News, uh, the Sporting News Company. Sporting News. Yes, radio. radio. Yes, and, and you know, the, the magazine was part of the company, and, and I was there during the change uh, when Paul Allen bought the company. And, and we released a similar press release saying, all is fine. Everything is just changing radically. But and, don't worry. But it was it's because of a need, and I think... You know, it's well, what are they going to say? We're in the shitter. Things are horrible. Well, we hate the, what we're you know, doing. They're, and they're not. No, they're They're still a very strong brand name. But, but obviously, with the advent of the Internet it's and 
podcasting well, have, man, as well. Their website I think sucks. Com- I think well, that was the thing. Is like their website. You know, they put out this big press release about three months ago that said, "Oh, we're relaunching Wizard Universe to have you know news and all these mm-hmm. stuff." And they did, but then you know, like the design of it was fucking awful. It was like, who designed <laughs> this website? It's it's horrible. They, I you know, and it's like, well, I mean, the content's great. They put a lot of great stuff yes. out there. They have a lot of great creators, like you know, doing interviews. That is doing the is doing yeah. you know, cool yep. interviews, and there's some really cool stuff on there. But it's like, Get make it a little it, more yeah. accessible to people. You know, well, yeah, go think, look at aroundcomics.com. That's the way to do a website. <laughs> I think the changes to the magazine have been good, and I think they have to be more feature oriented, and I think they have to kind of broaden their appeal to include. The you know genre television that everyone is right. watching and 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 be more of a pop culture destination rather than just comic books. Well, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. You, I think you, it, you know everything's with, with, fine. You know they're, they're <laughs> at Spike TV and the International Fighting League and, and all that. We have sold more copies ever and they're bigger. Well, nothing and, and is wrong. When they say they were partners with the International Fight League, that's that's just another division of the company. I well, mean, yeah, Garrett, he bought. Garrett, he yeah, bought Seamus, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. He owns the company. So. Yeah. Whatever, but I, you know, yeah, I mean, that's all again, smoke I, and mirrors. I think I no, but I think that they need to make changes, and I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of changes they make because the environment has the media environment has. As changed. long as the top ten hottest creators are in there, that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, top my ten. T- uh, okay, the Punisher has made his lethal ro- return to the Marvel <laughs> Universe amidst civil war in the premiere issue of Punisher War Journal, an excellent book, by the way. Yeah. The first issue is sold out at Diamond, and Marvel is rushing back to press with a Civil War style second printing variant cover by Young. Young Guns Reloaded artist Ariel Olivetti. Yes. Written by Matt Fraction and the recently dubbed Young Gun Olivetti, although Olivetti's pretty old. Yeah. Uh, Punisher War Journal finds Frank Castle focusing his war on crime once again on superpowered villains. Stephen G. Saunders of SilverBulletComics.com called the first issue a great book. This is solid Punisher with Matt Fraction treating the character of Frank Castle with the love and respect he deserves. Well, that's nice, Steve. Good for you. I uh, no. I obviously, I think the success speaks for itself. It's a book that everyone wanted to come back. It's in the hands of a great creator. And I, the only great thing that, team. The only thing that said me is now you know fractions already. He's not returning my emails. He's a big shot now. You know, I, I sent him a you know fan, or congratulations, and I don't hear it's, back from you know. Should, should, by the way, we're sold out. On, uh, we're taping on Matt's birthday. Should, should we sing? I'm not going to say fraction? happy birthday. I'll just Aww. wish him well on happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Matt. Absolutely. Happy birthday. Jesus and I just posted, uh, if I may, I'll cross from Rowan and say I just posted my word balloon interview with Matt. With He's him. everywhere now. Yeah. He, you well, know, Matt, we discovered Matt before. discovered penicillin. When we met Matt Fraction, we had just thought him out from a block of ice, and he could not read or write. I remember the clean shade no, of Matt con- Fraction. Congratulations. Much more normal congratulations. Than Matt Fraction that we now find ourselves seeing at conventions <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. Creepy eyes. Congratulations to Matt. He deserves He's a very oh, Exactly. Yeah. And, and Ariel, it's a, a and gorgeous and book. A heck of a nice guy. I don't like the Punisher, yes. and I read this book, and I loved it. It was it just was the fact that he messed up Stiltman something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's, awesome. that's the cool thing. I think, you know, they kept saying, now this isn't going to be Garth's Punisher. Yeah, we know you all like the violent, very scary Punisher, but I think this Punisher stands up and very well on its own. And if it, you bought this and liked it, go get Casanova. Yes. Or, you know, you'll like oh, that as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Get to know Matt Fraction. Oh, if you're, if you're just reading Science. Iron Fist and, yeah. and Punisher yeah. War Journal, that's great. <coughs> but get to know his other yeah. stuff. You won't regret it's $1. it. $1.99. I think I'm going to try, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and start bringing back Chris's three favorite wines. You know, we tried that one segment out. But my favorite wine from any comic in the last couple of weeks was, No, I can't die at the hands of cutesy little robots. <laughs> that was a tiny little... I love it. That wasn't it. the line, though. Oh, there was it was not you, like You this. edited it. Was part of that. <laughs> not, well, that was uh, Matt Fraction's anyway. the genius. You're just the yeah, podcast. You just, just don't I, edit I his just, I just comment. <laughs> All right. Uh, Entertainment <laughs> Weekly talked with Buffy creator Joss Whedon about the Buffy series, eight comic books. Since the seventh season of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, came to a close in 2003, Whedon has built quite a name for himself in the comic book industry, most notably on Marvel Comics' Astonishing X-Men series, along with artistic sensation John Cassidy. Now the director-writer will oversee his most famous creations return to the realm of comics in a new Dark Horse title. The series will debut in 2007 and will be an ongoing title, albeit finite. As Whedon sees the project as a sage spanning about... A sage Isn't that a saga? A saga spanning about 25 to 30 It's called issues. a typo, John. Typo. Right, I'm just <laughs> guessing it's a saga. Uh, John a sage spanning. Sage stuffing. There you go. So <laughs> we parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what he sees the project as. Recipe. So we so, yeah, so season eight uh, for Buffy fans. I heard they're going to repurpose some of the... Uh, 
animated episodes that they were uh, talking about doing uh, for the for the for the, for for the, the animated comic. series that never happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then doing that for the comic, and uh, I I I think it's great. I, I bet you. I'm sure Jeff Loeb is going to find time to get some work in this. I mean, I don't think it, it hasn't been announced yet, but given their close relationship, it wouldn't surprise me if he's involved. And maybe they'll have uh, people like uh, Jane Epperson, who used to write for the Buffy series and wrote for the Dark Horse uh, comic book for a while. I mean, I, I like all the Whedon properties, the comic adaptations. I think Dark Horse did a... a the a, Buffy series was really good. It was a very fun series, and I love um, IDW's Angel. Angel stuff and Spike stuff. I think that's been great, too. And, um, yeah, these are great characters. I think they should keep going. One other, A couple other notes I just wanted to mention was that uh, he is going to, to write the first four issues and then oversee various writers working on it from there. Yeah. And also, um, he Kinda said, like he with the you know, show. they're going to be, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, and, and they're going to be picking up uh, right where season seven left off. So Yeah, yeah so I, I hear the immortal who uh, I guess Buffy was dancing around with on in uh, the last season of Angel. I think that's going to figure into the story as well. So he is, I think, it's very much uh, part of canon, so continuity mm-hmm. freaks will not be disappointed in this uh, yeah, adaptation. It was season eight. They've been yeah, talking about yeah. this for almost a year now, and uh, and as a Buffy fan, I'm really excited Has about everyone this. read Frey? <coughs> Loved Frey. Frey's yeah. really cool. Frey, Frey was kind of a slayer in the future story. Yeah, mm. and they even tied... Frey was actually kind of tied into that last season of Buffy. No there question. Were, the yeah, battle axe and everything. The battle axe was awesome. Yeah, so... so and, and I think that you'll probably see them continue to do tie-ins like that. Whedon is, is great about adding that stuff. I just wish that, unfortunately, with IDW... It's it's so funny. It, it, it mm-hmm. mirrors what happened on television when <laughs> Buffy went to UPN, but Angel stayed on the WB, yeah. and, and crossovers were very hard to come by after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I that's too bad that Angel and Spike can't still be part of the story because man, you are hip. I love you're, you're and I, I, I was a latecomer to Buffy. I, I didn't watch it until uh, the final season, and I got into Angel the last two seasons, and went back and watched everything. And no, I'm a I'm a huge Buffy fan. I think it's that's a great series. It was a smart show. It was yeah, a smart Nerd show. John. I'm right there, there. There was about a two three year period where it was the best show on TV. No question in my mind. Uh, was it pre? Um, I don't know. Westwood <coughs> was on about the same. It must have been time. before I, Project You might be Runway. fucked in the head on that one. But anyway, no, it must have been before Project Runway. Right. Well, guys, that uh, that it's will wrap show. up. Are you hot? Are you hot? That was the best show on TV, man. <laughs> that, that will, if anything that employs Lorenzo Lamas, you got my vote. That's well, that'll that'll wrap up our news for the week. So so move away from the news desk it is time for top of the stack top top of the stack stack, stack, that's right it's time for top of the stack our chance to let you the listener know what we the panel have been reading for the last week and top of the stack is sponsored by the damned created by (laughs) cullen bunn and brian hurt and published by oni press it's the oldest story in the book right the rich get richer while the poor get the bums rush straight into the gutter High and mighty gangsters rake in the dough, hand over fist, rival criminal families hit the mattresses, and anyone who gets in the way ends up in the morgue. Open warfare and gangland murders are as common as night and day. But here's what you don't know, wise guy. As powerful as the mobs are, a more sinister force is pulling their leashes, using greed, gluttony, and lust to fuel a much more lucrative trade, human souls. <laughs> As demons and mortals and half-breeds snatch at scratch and snatch and claw for their piece of the pie, Eddie, cursed and unable to rest, finds himself caught smack dab in the middle of a sinister web of kidnapping, betrayal, and damnation. It's The Damned, number one and two, available and now from OD Press. And now your top five. I was going to say, now back, now back to you, Chris. All right. Thank you, Don Pardo. Thank you. <laughs> yes, pick up The Damned. Fan-freaking-tastic. All right, uh, Tom, uh, you're usually the first one to go. Uh, what was your top of the stack? Mine was Green Lantern number 15 by Jeff Johns <laughs> and Ivan Rice. Uh, if you haven't been reading Green Lantern, uh, I suggest you start. Because <laughs> it's really good. Uh, I'm really starting to see the parallels between what he's doing with Green Lantern and what he did with The Flash of building up all the characters around Hal Jordan to be worthwhile characters in an overall story. Uh, he's building up all the villains. He's building up a huge story around him. Uh, it works really great as a single issue, and I think it also will work great as a trade. Uh, the art is fantastic. You get a sprinkle. Yeah. And there's a couple moments where I got geek bumps during the <laughs> geek, bumps. <laughs> geek bumps during it, where I was like, "Oh, that is amazing!" I, I, I was telling Chris this afternoon. I said uh, he's becoming one of my favorite artists in comics. He's one oh, of the yeah. few artists that I want to see more two-page spreads from, two splash pages, yeah. because he just 
he's phenomenal. Did he I do mean, Superman before this? Was uh, he? Wasn't he? I thought it was Superman Batman, maybe or something. Maybe he had an arc on Superman Batman, but I seem to remember him doing Superman. But, before I mean, you Green see, Lantern, yeah, you get to see him do the current Justice League of America in this issue. Yep. He does Rocket mm-hmm. Red. He does <laughs> a bunch of Rocket Red. Bunch of Rocket Reds. He does Crimson, everything. Like Crimson, John's is throwing Guardians, yeah, global. John's is throwing like everything in the kitchen sink into Green Lantern and it completely enormous about it just sounds like he's having a fun time oh yeah he he has said it is his goal to make Hal Jordan cool again and is having the time of his life and has hundreds of ideas for stories he and uh, Van Skyver are working on the Sinestro Corps Annual that's yeah. coming out. Oh, there's, that's going to be there's amazing. A, there's a tease of that in the story yeah. as well. Yeah, there was, and it was and cool. There's so, many, <laughs> yeah. there's so many interesting things, like you say, Tom, that are going on. And it is. It's one of those individual issues that is teasing a bunch of upcoming arcs and other other stories that are coming up, but it does work on its own as well. The and, and the whole story of why is Hal still a he's wanted in, criminal. He's in the situation he's in because he's Hal Jordan. You know, yeah, like, well, that was the thing yeah. that I like about it is that they, you know, I thought John did a great job of bringing Hal back. Yeah. Um, and... But he didn't just like okay he's back and now everything's honky dory and he's back to oh, being yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah. He's an outsider. He really is. I mean most people you know that even friends and don't don't trust him. Don't know you know don't know if this is just another trick. They're not sure what how to deal with him. And he is really an outsider. And even you know in the Green Lantern Corps he's an outsider. In you know in, in his family. In his family. Yeah. yeah. I mean he really is, and it's it's made for some fascinating well, storytelling. I, the thing I love about it is, and this isn't this issue, but this whole story arc that started last issue. It's the idea that you have someone like Cal Jordan, who's a jet pilot, but he doesn't carry his ring with him when he, <coughs> when flies, he flies the jet. The jet. Because jet. why would he? Because he's the man without fear. You know, like right, he's yeah, a, right. he doesn't have any fear. Well, that's he doesn't a perfect. Care. I mean, yeah. a, 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 a test pilot is a very cocky. Yeah, he doesn't need the ring. If right. He's it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rely on that. I mean, yeah. that's certainly you know that's it's, and it gets him into trouble. Line. And that's yeah. Right. and yeah, and it's that line that he keeps you know every now and then falling off of because you're right. If he, it's one thing to be fearless. It's another thing to be arrogant and cocky. Right. That's how parallax you know that's how he got came trouble, about yeah, in yeah. the first place. Right. So no, I th- I think it's he's given Hal Jordan a very new purpose, and it's interesting because if anything. It was always Guy that was portrayed as the real arrogant Green yeah. Lantern, and Hal was the straight Yeah, arrow. they lost that at some point with well, Hal, Guy, and I think yeah. that sort of... Hal doesn't buy insurance. He's the type of guy well, who doesn't even give a <laughs> fuck about... Yeah. He would never buy insurance because he's Hal Jordan. Nothing or, bad ever happens to him. Or be a to door-to-door <laughs> toy salesman. <laughs> yeah. that's or like, drive a fucking truck. Well, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> what John said. It's like, we've got, you know, he had the coolest fucking job being a, a, a jet... He's a fucking you know, jet pilot. Exactly. He's a, he's a fighter pilot. He's a test pilot. Is there any other cool risk-taking job? And door-to-door it's like, door toy salesman. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, exactly. There's a big risk. Hey, you want my fake vomit today? <laughs> insurance salesman. He doesn't well, need insurance. But they worked that in the story because that was like... Him trying to please the family, and yeah, yeah. Jack, I tried your field, and yeah. I think that was the, I think that was smart. The too. thing that keeps amazing me about Jeff Johns is that every time you know he takes over one of these characters, it's like, how does he possibly nail it? So, I mean, how does he know these characters and write them so? Because he's doing perfectly? it with Teen Titans too, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. done it with everything. He's I think, done, yeah, I think, he just well, keeps you doing him, it. Like I asked him, and I think he's the guy. I think he is the unsung hero of. Why Nightwing is still around at the DCU? Because I'm like, what? What did you say to Dan DeDio? And he's like, Dick Grayson is everyone's best friend. He's like, Dick Grayson is the one hero in the DC universe that he if you're if you're down on your luck, that's the guy to go to, and he will always be on your side and is like every like always there to help out in a cause. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I've he never heard any other writer articulate these characters that. better than you know, nah, he, seems, well, he, he loves, seems to love what he does. Well, yeah, and also he is a reader. He is around our ages, and so he was reading those same books that we were, and can bring his adult sensibilities and his writing sensibilities and appreciating the essence of what was great about those runs and, and giving them new and more interesting, informative spins. Mm. Absolutely. All hail Jeff John. All hail. He's the man. <laughs> he, he certainly is the man when it comes to Green oh, Lantern. All right, Sal, how about yes. you? Uh, my top of the stack I know is what it is, you bastard. The Immortal Iron you Fist. I, I pulled a... I pulled a, a on Chris Day, we were talking about what was going to be our top of the stack, and and I knew that he was going to pick this book, so I shotgunned him before he could before he could say it. I, I said it personally. Uh, I, uh, I, I sent no. David Press an email saying I claimed that you were going to pick that. <laughs> <laughs> you were two days ago. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. But but I don't want that to shortchange what I'll be talking no, about in a couple of minutes because okay, it was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Anyway, Immortal Iron Fist number one, uh, written by Ed Rubaker and Matt Fraction with. Uh, pencils by uh, David, Aja. Aja. David Aja and uh, Asia. 
thought it was Asia, Asia, but maybe it was Asia. Asia. Is it Power Station? Uh, And Colors by Hollingsworth. (laughs) Good God. Um... You know, what can I say about I don't know. Maybe it's Iron just Fist is back, of, baby. Yeah, Iron Fist is back. You know, the, the interesting thing about this, uh, I mean, I'm a, like you, John, I'm an old Iron Fist fan, one of my favorite characters of all time. I couldn't, couldn't wait for them to bring him back. But I, I, I love what, what Brubaker and, and Fraction have decided to do with the character, really expand on sort of the mythology of the Iron Fist. And, and that character's been around for more than just Danny Rand. But at the same time, I think they're really sort of expanding on Danny Rand and and they're reintroducing him into the universe and at the same time they're kind of explaining why he hasn't really been around for for a long time and they're doing it in an intelligent way they're saying you know Danny sort of fell off the map and and was a little bit conflicted about who he was and now he seems to have a better idea of of what type of person he wants to be and that's why he's back and that's why we see him now and so I really appreciated that I really thought that was uh, you know intelligent and smart Mm -hmm. And and a, and a good way to bring a character back in instead of just plopping him in, you know, some well, sort of crazy. As someone who's never read Iron Fist before on any level, and I read this book, and I was never turned off and thought, oh, God, there's so much Iron Fist history or anything. I was actually really interested enough to like go to Wikipedia and look up Iron Fist. <laughs> very you know, accessible, like, yeah. A very yeah, accessible oh, yeah. first yeah. issue. They, they yeah. quickly, yeah. I mean, recap but, but his history. And, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? They, they, and it all worked in the st- context of the story. They, you know, they really did it in a way that it was, you know, explained just enough for anybody to understand the character, but also it propelled the story forward. Yeah. It wasn't, Absolutely. you know, it wasn't... They didn't, they didn't spoon feed well, you it, too. Right. And, and right. What's, what's nice, you, you didn't need the lead up, but... Yeah. but in Daredevil, it's been wading into the series. If you picked up the Civil War, Choosing Sides, there was a great Iron Fist little, what, six-page um, story Yeah, preview. There. Yeah, prequel. What? Yeah, a prequel. And it, it, I loved it. it. it I've it never went, read any Iron Fist. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's but it did a great job of, of using those things to lead you into this, but you still didn't have to have read those. I know Don't nothing. Know yeah. About the great <laughs> thing too, yeah, I liked it. The great nothing. thing too about it, I, I, I know nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very rare that I know nothing about, about a character. Yeah, <laughs> but I know nothing about him. I loved it. I, thought uh, it I also want to mention the art. Um, uh, Aja's or Asia, um, his art is, is very uh, David Lark-ish. Michael uh, Lark-ish. Or, I'm sorry, Michael Lark-ish. And uh, but with his own style, I thought he had a, a real. Um, Almost sort of surreal feel in certain panels, and uh, it's I mean, like Maleev too. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. got some Maleev mm-hmm. in it. It has, you know, it it. And there were certain panels that had me thinking about Steranko. Sure, and certain, sure. You know, what I mean, just sort of had yeah. that. Well, that you were telling wonky. Me you you pointed out a couple specific panels and said, "Doesn't this evoke old Iron Fist?" And I'm like, "Yeah, those yeah, are John Byrne. by John Byrne. There's yeah, some John, John Byrne, Byrne homage. Looking, you know, there's, kind of there's a lot of that in there. So obviously, someone who's done their history. Oh um, yeah, and obviously, a, you know, very talented artist. Well, we all um, talked to both Brew Baker and Fraction. Yeah, and I just posted my Fraction conversation. We did it a couple months ago, and he said, and I'm glad he said it, and, and it's self evident in this first issue that Iron Fist as a character. Uh, encompasses at least nine different pulp, you know, classic characters of, uh, or iconic pulp yeah. traits. He's everything. He's he really is. And he, and he comes from that generation of the Bronze Age of Marvel characters where all these writers were heavily influenced by pulp ideas. And Iron Fist is martial arts meets Lost Horizon. Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest, you know, shorthand to do if you know the Lost Horizon story, Shangri-La and everything. Um, I, I think it's a it's a great story, and I like the idea of showing these other previous Iron Fists, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. also some previous Iron Fists that uh, have a closer family connection to, right. to Danny Rand, which is a new wrinkle, and it's a welcome wrinkle to the story. And, and again, I think you that's got, what made me go look. Rest. That's what made me go look. I was like, is this something we've seen before? Because I mean, I I was I, my in, my curiosity was piqued. Sure. By the way it was written, I was like, I want to know more about this. Well, character it, based on it, this it's one certainly issue. not the same Iron Fist or the same Danny Rand that we've seen before. As as much as I enjoyed the you know the Heroes for Hire stuff and the Power Man and Iron Fist stuff, this is a much more serious character. This He's is his much, own man. Yeah, yeah, Which absolutely. And that's that's what they really tried to portray in this is that you know he he's because he, he and Luke are a great team. Yeah. Sure, and they're a fun mm-hmm. team, and I enjoy their stuff. But I I was one of those Iron Fist solo book readers before. Mm-hmm. He put, they put him with Power Man, yeah. and I mean it. It was fine, and I enjoyed the improvement of having Power Man around all the time. But I yeah. missed my solo Iron Fist stories, and also 
God, how many good mainstream martial arts books are there? God, I was so rooting for DC with Richard Dragon to do yeah. the right thing. And I think Chuck Dixon had some good ideas, but it just didn't work yeah, in those 12 issues. Out, yeah. I think Brubaker and Fraction, they love the character. They love the, they, they love the espionage setup that I think they're going to be leading to. Mm-hmm. And are I they going to have pages about book. how to kick someone? I don't want to take this over your pick, but it's the one page that the one page that really got me interested in the character is when he was in the boardroom like and mm-hmm. he was like oh i'm not going to do that and the guy who runs his business pretty much like are you stupid you know yeah, like and really, i'm like yeah really smacks him upside the head yeah. and, and i was like wow you, that's man. really good like are you stupid like who do you think you are to like pick and choose where you're going to decide that you're going to be spending your money yeah on, I, like, I think that's a perfect example of what of what fraction and, and brubeck are trying to do in making danny his own person because that's not really something we'd ever seen before from that character Dan, you know danny was just sort of well he was rich but well yeah he was rich but he but you're right he never used it was his, almost ancillary it was just yes, there it was yes. he never it never he was had never any Tony effect stark. Yeah, right he was never really a player using his money right like, like wayne in, wayne enterprises right. or stark industry it was just there it was yeah. just part of his no, character right but it that. wasn't really used in a, and that uh, intrigued me the most yes. you guys but mentioned the big robot yet the Mecha Gorgon was, yeah. and I know that was all Fraction. I mean, you know yeah. that was all <laughs> Fraction. Nobody, else, and that was the cool. It's that was very bad. cool. Yeah, yeah, that was so. Yeah. I, I really, really like enjoyed we're putting it. We're a big ass robot in here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought and it was great. I thought it was really good. Um, well, I guess uh, to build on that, it's another Ed Brubaker week because uh, mine is uh, Captain America twenty four. And I've, I've, when I've been on before to talk about top of the stack, I know I've brought up Captain America before. Really? What a, what a great! I know two two years into the run, it's still a great series. It's still really entertaining. They're still building. Has it been on, two years? It's yeah, been on half now. So yeah, do the math. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually, right. I guess with delays, it's probably been a it's little bit more than longer, two years. Yeah. But um, man, Mike Perkins is back on, and he, whether it's here Epting doing the book, I think it's gorgeous art. Um, I, I love what the the role of Shield, both in Civil War and in Captain America, and um, I, this is a this is a Civil War tie-in. Kind of. Well, you know, now, some people complained about that, and I was even reading no. on, on Brian Bendis's board. See, I that love they, it. That they were very mad that the cover was so misleading because it featured a lot of heroes that do, that aren't actually in the book. I think it was a great story that was still very much a Captain America story, but it's Captain America dealing with some of the ancillary issues of Civil War, the change in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s command, Mm -hmm. Maria Hill now running things, Nick Fury underground, and how he is able to still contact the few people that he can still trust. And you even get a moment where... Uh, Sharon Carter is talking to Nick Fury in a very creative way. <laughs> yeah, so figure awesome. out communications. Yeah. I don't want to tip it, but he even says, "I can't get to Dum Dum Duggan because of the way Maria Hill is watching him all the time." Right. and that's the thing because it's like God. You'd think if there's one guy that would be out there probably trying to do everything, it would be Dum Dum. Well, every, obviously everybody in Shield is aware of that, so you know Duggan's hands the, are tied. The, the first time, and Sal and I talked about this book over once today this and iron fist was while, while you were splitting yeah. that half sandwich yeah uh, half split, split, sandwich. splitting a, an enchilada sitting uh, on the <laughs> curb but uh i i mentioned to him it's it's one of the first times in forever hearing a a a nick fury that felt like the old steranko nick fury with just kind of the a little bit of the not campy dialogue but just old that, man yeah well he's a he's a guy of the 40s you and, know and it was you don't hear that voice from him the way a lot of writers write him. He's that gruff, er, you know, general. And and Brubaker seems to really embrace the, yeah. the that sixties era Agent of Shield dialogue from him. And I just I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah, I again I think these are he's really focusing on that Steranko era cast of characters and the and the the books that followed too when Gene Colan was drawing the book and uh, it's funny I just bought that Essentials uh, the the latest Captain America Essentials which really is the period po- the post Steranko period and you know yeah where Fury and and, and Sharon Carter and, and Shield in general was really Cap supporting mm-hmm. cast it's an important part of his life this builds on the last two issues as well where we, we saw what the Winter Soldier is doing during Civil War and now this was kind of Sharon as well kind of and i guess the previous uh, issue and that's one of the things i love i've loved about this series uh, is that he, you know it's not like he's writing six issues and there's your story all written you know all tied up in a nice yep. little bow and it's all done none of these stories have, have ended there's been some no. closure you know from time to time but 
he keeps going from you know from one sort of situation to another, and you're waiting for the you know sooner or later you know the Winter Soldier is going to be back involved. Mm-hmm. Sooner well, or later you know Red Skull is going to be back involved, and, and, and then but he keeps building on it too. It's like he keeps you know it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's well, really taking off in, in such a, a nice web. Just like Tom was saying about the Green Lantern issue, yeah, this is a middle this is a middle chapter, but it really does kind of work. And I don't feel like I'm, you know, how some of those middle chapters in a six-issue arc can kind of feel like an empty chapter. Right. Like, well, gee, not a lot really happened here. Yeah. I was thoroughly oh, entertained. Yeah, it's tons it's, of stuff. It's tons of overlapping story arcs. Yeah. And, and not going to not not gonna give away that, the yeah, you know. and not going to give away the last page. But if you're an old school cat fan. <laughs> Boy, does Brubaker just do such a great job of of bringing so many of those elements back. Well, in 25, I remember uh, Ed telling me this, that 25, uh, the next issue of Cap, takes place, and it might be a couple months, because it literally, he says, starts 10 minutes after whatever happens in Civil War 7. So, uh-huh. so uh-huh. hold on to your hats, kids, because this is the calm before the storm. And I think a lot of shit's going to start coming down. It, it was know, interesting that it was such a civil year. war. You know, I mean, when I picked it up, I'm like, I, I didn't even realize it was Captain America when I got it this week. I'm like, where's my cap? And then I saw, oh, that's cap. It's the big civil war banner, you know, across the bottom of it and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, technically was it a civil war crossover? There wasn't a whole lot of civil war to do with it, but I that didn't bother me at all. In fact, I, I, I looked at... a big part, though. They're the, they're the police of civil war, and I think they're coming after Captain America, so I do think it well, is I think, a tie-in. I think, maybe people, I think people have just gotten so used now to the civil war, it's like all the tie-ins have had. You've had some pretty big plot points in some mm-hmm. you know crossover issues that aren't mm-hmm. happening, you don't even know about in the main title and stuff, so I think people are kind of expecting that from anything that says Civil War on it. You expect, you know, these you know, yeah, huge events, you know, to cross over in them, but it didn't bother me at all. In fact, I remember when Civil War first came about, and, and uh, you know, that was the thing, like, with House of M, the whole, you know, what Brubaker did with the House of M issue of Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had to completely stop his story and restart it. Right. And I'm glad he didn't have to do that with with this because oh, yeah. you know it, it would no it works it works really I still, nicely. I still like that 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 was one of it was the, a good issue. It was a good issue. issue. I didn't mind the issue. Weird it to was, be reading it. Was, it, it, it bro- like, well, it broke away from what Brubaker was doing exactly, in that book, and that's and what it I, was so early in the run. Right, it was like, like right. issue eight. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to see that now. You know, I'm much happier with what happened than something like that. I think he was able to fix it by having that London story come in, and he could even justify that in saying, "Hey, Cap freaked out." about what's happening with Civil War, so he ducked away and went to London and had that little adventure with Spitfire and Union Jack. Well, I kind of just assumed that happened a little bit before, you know, it was sort of the timeline was off a bit, but... Uh yeah, well, I mean it works. It works either way. Think I mean about that stuff, guys. <laughs> uh, well, it's been, it's been a great. <laughs> All right, Chris, you have Chris, a fantastic what's your book in front of you. He does have a great book. All right, you mainstream horror. Is that book um, here in the store, by the way? Sold out. That book. Oh, uh, uh, the one? They don't know Damn what you're it. talking about. It is uh, Hip Flask Mystery City, and this is Richard Starkings' baby. I think. Does, yeah. does he do anything else besides Hip Flask? Well, he did those. Didn't he do that? Or no, that was that was Richard Morgan who did the Black Widow stuff. But Richard Starkings, I, why don't, you know, Elephant Man and, and mystery, he, I think he is a mystery writer, isn't he? A mystery writer? I, I don't even know. The I, comic don't, comic. I don't know yeah. because he is a heck of a, uh, a comic writer, and uh, he makes fonts. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Hip Flask is put out by Comicraft, and uh, the retail. You know, I always I always do these like really expensive books. You know, I can't do a I can't review this a book. Totally worth it. Four ninety nine. And what I was, what I was, I was saying to you, you read a lot of books and they're they seem very disposable. This one, man, you, two pages into it, I was like, this is an outstanding comic. Uh, first of all, it is an extremely dense story. I'm I'm a sucker for anything that's like Blade Runner or you yeah. know street level crime or mob stuff. Yeah. And this has everything. It's 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 future tech, it's uh, you know bioengineering and it, there's a great m- murder mystery and you know you've got Can uh, I ask you something? Uh-huh. Um did you pick up Elephant Man number 0? Yes. That um, is a reissue mm-hmm. of uh, this the Elephant this hip flash series is like a five part issue which is this is the third part. Okay. And that zero is a reprint of the first issue. Okay. Oh, 
All right. Yeah. Have you read the zero? Yeah. Yeah, which is great because it all fits in, and you don't oh, yeah. need to read it in any particular order to completely make right. sense. So is it a shared universe, or is it all? Yeah, it's a shared universe, and it yeah. all makes hip, complete hip, sense. Hip flask is an elephant man. Yeah. Okay. So it all makes complete sense. I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to oh, clarify no, it, that for people that were listening. No, because, because I know that you were you were me. you were a fan of this. Yeah. One of the things I love graphically in this, and I've I've always wondered why people don't play around with it, is uh, all of the the word balloons are are ghosted, so you can see the artwork beneath them. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I think that's that's a great effect, and I've I've you know suggested that to people in the past, and and always kind of wondered why. I've you know, never I heard you say that before. before. <laughs> oh hush. No, I, I I love that effect, and I think it uh, it kind of adds the overall uh, feel of the book. It well, we can expect nothing immersive. less from the fine folks at Comicraft, yes. creators of Blam. I don't know. Blambot? No, I don't know. Blam font. Okay. Yeah. They make what all about, the fonts. What they about, about Elephant yeah, Man? Yeah, yeah. Interests you so much, Chris? No, that's not that's not Eliopolis's company, is it? No. No. Okay. Um. Uh, what? I, I think one of the one of the neat things about Elephant Man or Hip Flask is that you take these very non-human characters and because you get their point of view, it you focus on what is human about them. And, and you really kind of have to step back and, and you focus on the humanity of the book. And, and, and a lot of the time... Black Sad? No. Black Sad is a, is very similar in its where it used animals in a, in a noir. Well, it the, also the, reminds the most, me a little bit of the really mm-hmm. early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure, where yes, the, sure. Yeah. The grittier ones. Yeah, the yeah. very gritty it, early it's, ones. It's yeah. it's it's the you know the the people in these books are are the least human and or humane or humane yeah. and and it's it's the elephant men that that really you know show the most humanity it's 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 a beautiful book truly ironic it's, wouldn't you say Kate is it's it's truly. indeed <laughs> there's there's a lot of great humor in there there's a there's a scene you know whenever he, he walks up to the the guy who's the the half camel half man yep. in the bar and, and I'm like that's Joe Camel and, 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 Joe, yeah. Yeah, and he calls him Joe so there's some funny moments in there it's but it's an extremely dense story. There's a lot going on. You have multiple storylines going on, and you know that they're all going to intersect. And it's just a, a, a gorgeous book. One of the great things about Elephant Men is that, to me, it's established itself as a brand where you don't need to read them in order to mm-hmm. like them. Every single issue of Elephant Men that I've read, while it all ties in together, you could read by itself mm-hmm. and still very much enjoy it what's going on within that story and they've done a fantastic job the art is always just beautiful the writing's always very right on spot is like there a trade yet or is it still in its uh, it I think they're coming out with one soon did they just come out with one or is it they, coming out soon I think it's coming they have five issues right now so I assume it's going to come out after their sixth Okay. Because they just came out with the zero issue, which is a reprint of the of very the first. Blast. Yeah, the very well, first. Well, you know, I, I tell you, it, it, if you came up with a checklist of things that make a great comic book, you know, it's a great art, great dialogue, great plot, you know, inventive, you know, whatever, and you came up with that list, this would have almost every one of them. It's probably the most flawed. This would have three of them. It's probably the most flawless book that I've read in God knows that's how cool. long. That's yeah. cool. No, that's really that's cool. Great. I, I so. am waiting for the trade. It looked like a very interesting uh, concept. It's very cool. All right, guys. Well, that'll uh, that'll wrap up our Top of the Stack reviews and recommendations. Uh, that means it's time to wind the show down. To the end. <laughs> All right, before we get to our end announcements, uh, I, I do want to say a few words about our last episode. Uh, there were a couple unfortunate comments made during the episode, and our reaction to those comments were equally unfortunate. I'm aware that the line of good taste was stepped over, and as the host of Around Comics, I want to personally apologize to our listeners, and in particular, any listeners that were offended. It is never our intent to be hurtful or harmful, and while I believe that there was no malicious intent behind any of the comments, it does not excuse them. At this point, I'm going to consider the issue closed, but if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to me at chris at aroundcomics.com. I will get back to you and uh, and discuss any of your concerns with you. Uh, but thank you for your understanding and your continued listenership of Around Comics. 
All right, uh, long box of love. Uh, remember that your around comics experience isn't complete until you've read this week's long box of love. Each uh, each Thursday episode of Around Comics has a wonderfully handcrafted webcomic by Brian Bowles. Check it out every Thursday at www.aroundcomics.com. And while you're doing that, <laughs> you should uh, also check out the pod track. You know, hang around the site and fill out our listener survey. It lets us know who we're talking to and how we can make Around Comics a better show. It only takes a few minutes. And we are also proud members of the Comic <laughs> Podcast Network. The CPN is a collection of the best comic podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Thank you, Tom. I kind of dropped the ball there. <laughs> Just so everyone is aware, we post the next week's topic on Tuesdays at our forum at www.aroundcomics.com. You can go there and help us out with things like the Listener LCS Challenge. You can also link up to Podcast Alley and give us a vote. Now, the iTunes reviews, I don't want to prod you guys along, but we've been sitting we've on, been 65 parked on 65 forever. Guys. So whoever gets us to 70, I'll uh, send you one of Tom's quarter books in the mail. So um, I'll make sure it's a 100-pager. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'd like to thank InStockTrades.com and the New York Comic Con for sponsoring today's episode. Everyone have a fantastic couple days. We'll be back again on Thursday with another new episode. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in... Confused script. <laughs>